Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Bernie is here. Hello, Alex. Hello, Bernie. And joining us today, a very special guest, second appearance on the podcast, it's Roy Allende. Roy, how are you, man? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. Yeah. Very glad to have you. I, I said it before we started recording, but I'm going to say it again. It is offensive that your audio is better than ours. You're the, you're the guest. This is, this is the ghost of Barry White coming at you. So. <laughs> uh, never thought we'd have him on the pod, but there you go. Um, we did say, I think last time you were on, we said we'd have you back when Tomiyasu had reached, was it three league goals? Oof. And he, he hasn't, but he's also been injured. So I think it's fine. Yeah, that guy, I think, is a myth. Um, I'm pretty sure he's someone we imagined in the Arsenal team. Um, because he doesn't seem to be an Arsenal player. Um, but we'll see. Uh, Tommy, also, I still have some hopes, but it's pretty it's pretty wild to miss this much because of, of a cough. But hey, yeah. we'll see. That's a, the, the Cedric Suarez-based pain I can feel. <laughs> coming out there anyway um there are other things to talk about before we get to uh, get to arsenal this week what a day in the champions league absolutely unbelievable scenes um where do we start let's start with Bayern one Villarreal one um Villarreal going through 2-1 on, on aggregate um Unai Emery Roy uh as an Arsenal fan did you see Unai Emery ever making the semi-final of the Champions League after he left uh, after he left North London Strangely enough, possibly. So, here's my whole Unai thing, right? Unai is, uh, he's like a fantastic manager for a decent club during a cup run. And this is, this is magical. This is, I mean, the, the guy starts washed up Premier League players. <laughs> I mean, Francis Coughlin <laughs> is going to be playing in the semifinals of the, of the Champions League, starting in a team playing in the semifinals. So I respect him. Um, I, I would very easily see him winning a Champions League before he wins a La Liga. That's the kind of coach mm. he is. Mm -hmm. Bernie, agreed? Yeah, and I think the game needs coaches like that, like to balance it out. And, I mean, it also makes me feel better about losing the Europa League final to him if he can take out Bayern Munich. It's it's literally the only joy I have to hold on to um, now. Um, but, yeah, to Roy's point, I think he's a fantastic manager. At one point, I thought he would be a great United manager, mostly because I thought that Unai Ted would have been a nice, like, you know, thing to it. Um, and then you guys got him and mistreated him, which is a whole nother another thing but you know I'm, I'm 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 happy for the guy he's doing a great job with resources that i think this is this is i think roy's point this is the best fit for him um you know which kind of farmer of a team with farmers and then making them play well which is why i thought it would have worked with arsenal but you know it just it wasn't Yay. shots, shots. <laughs> we're I starting mean, early <laughs> Proved we weren't farmers, if anything. That's that's that <laughs> backfired. Um, but no, Emery, I think, like had had some golden moments. So after the first leg, um, you know, Nagelsmann said like the th the mistake that they made was leaving us alive because Villarreal had a bunch of chances to kill it off in the first leg. Um, and Manuel Neuer was like, "Yeah, they don't want to play us now. Like, you don't want to play us when we're angry and that kind of shit." And uh, in the press conference after the game, Unai Emery said. The thing that by the mistake that Bayern made was leaving us alive, and I was just like, "Yes, boy!" Yeah. <laughs> it, was so good. it was so good. And this is a man who can feel very proud of himself. Like he brought on Serge Aurier to close out the game. Now that is a man with serious cojones. Yeah, that's that's Einstein level genius in some weird way. Like I think Bayern must have seen Aurier come onto the field and just. One, I don't even know if they knew who he was. Like, maybe they do. He's he's pretty well known. But I think they sort of must have done a double take because there's no way that Serge Aurier is going to be on the field at this stage of his career in a semifinal or in a quarterfinal 
But um, again, you have to respect Unai. He makes the most of these players that come to the Premier League, and we all say they're done. Los Celso, everyone said done. <laughs> Foyth, Coquelin, Aurier, Capu, like all these, all these guys who essentially any Premier League fan is going to look at them and say, eh, not quite sure I want them on my Watford side. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not quite sure I'd take them at Norwich, but here they are bowling in the Champions League. It's really remarkable. It is remarkable. Like There's a tweet that I love from uh, Lars Sivertsen who just says, Bayern going out to a team that has La Celso, Aurier, Foyth, and Capu on the pitch is 100% pure, uncut, unfiltered weapons-grade banter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Um, Bernie, I, I wanted to ask you, Like we, we talk about managerial clothing choices a lot. I, I thought Nagelsmann played it pretty cool. Jacket, sweater, like pretty regular pants still didn't work for him um he annoys me like like, like he really does annoy me and i i think it was I, I don't think i've let it go that fashion choice that he made um the other day like the other last year i don't think i've let it go and i think that he's a bit overhyped and i think it's starting to show and he has a lot of work to do um, next year because we know Bayern, like Oliver Kahn and them are not going to enjoy this, right? They sacked Kovac for less. So, um, yeah, he's supposed to be the German poster boy. So next season, let's hope he fixes it because right now he's he's in the mud. He's definitely in the mud with that jacket. <laughs> At least he's not in the mud with the suit. <laughs> I suppose that would have been worse. Um, but I also just wanted to give a, a quick shout out to uh, Lucas Podolski. Uh, Roy, did you see his tweet? Oh man, good evening, good evening. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, just inappropriate, really. Out of nowhere, it? out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Wonder how how that will affect business at Podolsky Kebabs. Um, I also just uh, from a from a Canada point of view, Alfonso Davies came on, eighty sixth minute, promptly conceded a goal. Chiquese running in behind him with the finish. Man, have you guys seen the Chiquese interview after the game? Yeah. Ah, Matt, it's it's lovely. So the interviewer says, what did Unai Emery say to you when he brought you on? And Chiquese just goes, run. He just told me to run. Like, Unai Emery had a Harry Redknapp moment. (laughs) No, I I really love the moment when, uh, man, after they scored, I forget who the assistant is in Villarreal, but like the Unai Emery, just the way Unai embraced him was like, uh, I had the feels, like mm. for, for real, I had the feels. You could tell how much it meant to the guy. Like he'd already won Europe. He has nothing, to, he had nothing left to prove. Like he's, even before he won Europe, but like this is a top-notch coach. But man, like that must have been a good feeling to walk into Bayern where Arsenal... <laughs> <laughs> repeatedly get thumped and just stroll out with a with a draw and the, and the tie win man like big respect big yeah. and like a lot of respect and, and like you guys said right some of these players are not seen to be up to scratch and i still don't think they're up to scratch in certain circumstances a little bit like Unai, right it's like Lo Celso, we saw that Tottenham is it didn't work, and I don't think it would work at another club like who has aspirations for bigger things. But Unai has been underrated his whole life, right? He's an underdog, and he makes that thing work. This is a guy who won what four Europa leagues, like or some weird yeah. thing like this, and then took Arsenal to Europa League final. This man, this man is a coach. Like in and to his point, certain circumstances it works. Bayern can now get off their high horse. Thomas Muller can shut the hell up. Neuer can shut the hell up. You know, because they are not this. They, they talk like they're the Terminator, and it annoys me so much. And that's not like this Arnold Schwarzenegger, like you know, German Austrian, like xenophobia or whatever I'm doing here. That's not what it is. It's just they think that they can just walk up and beat the hell out of anybody because they are who they are. And I'm just happy they got pegged out of it. Yeah. No man, yeah. that's yeah. that's fair. Um, we we do actually have a, a question on Villarreal from um, Albert at the real Albert V. 
on Twitter, who says Villarreal is the only team left with 100% focus on the Champions League. How much could that help them go all the way? Um, so I'll preface this by saying they're seventh in La Liga. So they're not currently in the European positions, but they're also eight points below Real Sociedad. So like, I don't know whether it's realistic that they make that points total up. So that's the context. Um, Roy, do you think they can do this? Do you think they can? Well, can they get to the final? No, this is this is like one of those. They're gonna have to pull a, a semi miracle to get to the final. Like, like they are. Like I, I sort of think of Liverpool, two thousand five, the team that, eh, was like an okay team, won the Champions League. You can do it. Things sort of have to go your way, whether it's a incredible comeback in the final or some sort of miracle in the semi-final. Um, I mean, no one gave them a chance against Bayern. A few people gave them a chance. More people gave them a chance against Juve, but even then, people were like, eh, can they really go to Italy and, you know, rock up into Turin and win this? So, I mean, they've sort of proven they can do it. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't put my money on it, but anything's possible. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, like, Bernie, was it last week? No, it must have been two weeks ago. You and I sat here, and I said to you, ordinarily we'd say it would be 6-0 Bayern, but Villarreal looked quite difficult to beat, and so we agreed on 4-0 Bayern. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I remember this very clearly, because I, I, I definitely thought this would be a bashing, just not to the degree <laughs> that they usually do. And I fell for the you know, German machine nonsense, and uh, I will never again. Fair. All right, uh, let's move on to um, Real Madrid and Chelsea. It was 3-2 Chelsea on the night, 5-4, yes, I think. Yeah. Yes, to Real Madrid on aggregate over the course of two legs. Man, I mean, this just had everything. Uh, Rudiger scoring a goal. Um, Rudiger slipping over, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Timo Werner scoring a goal after scoring two on the weekend. I mean, that's you know he's on a he's banging form. Don't um, forget the three the three woodwork. Uh, <laughs> the three, the yeah. guy can score two goals and you're still like, was that really a good performance? <laughs> Seriously, man. Seriously. Um, and also, I just wanted to throw this in before I forget: a pretty big day for non-police Mendy. Because we had Furlong and Edouard in action today, and neither of them covered themselves in glory. So the Mendy rankings are uh, taking a turn as well. There's still a long way to go because Edouard has done so much. But Nampolis, mm. I think, I mean, he, 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 his last two games, Leicester have won, I believe. So he's, he's, he's moving. He's moving. There's <laughs> an opening. There's a gap there. If, you, if you're really focused, you could take it. But yeah. <laughs> Oh, this this time and the the thing I'm gonna remember is some really good headers, you know? Like the first the first leg, Benzema's first goal. And if you guys remember Basil Boli, this uh Olympic Marseille player in the nineties. And this goal that stuck in my mind for some reason. Marseille are playing PSG and a Betty the reason I watched Marseille is because of Betty Pelé, obviously. A Betty Pelé Puts a cross in, Bowley heads this thing from the edge of the box into the top corner. I just remember thinking, how is this possible? And when I saw that Benzema goal, I was like, that's like the closest thing I've seen to Basil Bowley. But the Benzema second header, Rudiger had a great header, like some some really good headers in this in this tie. Um, but Chelsea, I mean, you know, halfway through that match. You're thinking this is done. This is dusted. Madrid, you know, Ancelotti went from, you know, the washed-up Everton manager to the most decorated coach um, in the history of the world in about, you know, half an hour. Such was the swing in <laughs> in expectations. I was following that El Chiringuito like uh, feed. Like there's, you know, there's. There's some banter that gets thrown before the before the show actually happens. Man, it was kicking off. Um, I wish I knew Spanish to fully get all that stuff, but 
yeah, that was a big switch, a big comeback. It was funny because, like, the group chats that I'm in, they were like, I've known Ancelotti been a fraud since boarding school. These are, like, 40-year-old men now, right? <laughs> and I'm like, like, really? Like, like you were you were 13? Like, you, you really, really knew which manager was a fraud and who had tactics and didn't? Okay, bro. But, it, like, listen, Ancelotti is currently, and I mean currently, of the elite quote-unquote managers at elite teams is the most vibes manager of all of them. And I'm not sure that's a crit. That's not, I'm not sure it's a criticism. <laughs> like, he is just pure vibes. People said OGS was vibes. No. <laughs> like, I don't think this man sits there and t- gives a single tactical instruction. And I think the game is better for it. Because we've had this Chelsea game. We had the previous round of the escape against PSG. If they win this Champions League, this is be the most interesting Champions League victory that they've had in the last, like, whatever it was. Even more so than, in fact, even if we're being honest, the one that they won against Atletico um, Madrid was pure Ancelotti vibes anyway. <laughs> and and, and I, love, I love it. I just love it. I love that they can be shit and good at the same time. Like, it's amazing to me. It is amazing. And, like, the, yeah, the when you were talking about like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer being vibesy, it's like yes, but it's different because he just didn't have tactics, but he was like very anxious about it. You know, he was very worried during his job. Whereas Ancelotti's just got the experience. You know, he's had three cigarettes at halftime. He's he's just very relaxed. He know he knows he's got nothing to do with it. He's just <laughs> he's just like put the players out you, there. You know, you know the perfect example is that remember that Everton Spurs. I don't remember if it was like a League Cup or whatever. That game that was like five four something nuts. Mourinho, and Everton yeah, scored yeah. a last minute winner or something like this, and he literally has an espresso in his hand, like espresso. <laughs> at the, like, it's literally like five four ninety seventh minute something wild, and he just sips espresso. I'm like, this man is pure vibes, from. <laughs> He really is. He he did. Uh, so Uno Emery actually rested like the whole Villarreal eleven on the weekend, which I think is is top stuff. Um, Ancelotti rested um, Modric and Cruz, which seems to have worked out very well. Modric again, just unbelievable. Sublime. I mean, we don't really need to do the like where does he sit in the pantheon. I, I think like very clearly right up there. But the the outside of the boot assist for Rodrigo was delicious. That was so sexy, man. Oh, like, uh, like, fuck, uh, oh, man. Do, do, Alex, do we have a? I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to find the words, and I'm like, do we yeah. even have uh, a question on Madrid? Because I think there was one. Because someone asked me in the group chat whether or not he's in the Xavi Iniesta conversation, and I'm like. Duh. <laughs> yeah, like he he is that conversation. Like it's yeah. not. Yeah, he he's absolutely in that. And and I think I saw someone tweeting. We we don't have a question about it. We have a question about Benzema, which I'll get to in a second. But um, I think it was was it Jack Pitt Brook who said like people think it's Xavi, but given the longevity, is it Modric? Hmm. And I think you know, given he's done it for a lot longer at this point, that's a pretty reasonable question to ask. Ooh, <clears throat> it's an interesting one. Like Modric has longevity; he does. I mean, he's part of a Real Real team that have dominated the Champions League, right? Not as much domestically, whatever that means. I think because I have this proclivity, this this slight nudge towards Barcelona, the. Qu- Again, I'm going to say quality of play, but there's something about how that midfield worked at Barcelona that on the one hand makes me go, ooh, like that was really magical. On the other hand, makes me go, well, I have Iniesta and Busquets with you. Yeah, I, I'm really undecided. I, I can't really make a call. Because I lean, because maybe I was younger when the Xavi thing was happening, I mean, I should also say, my eldest is called it's called Xavi, but not because of Xavi, just because we like the name. Um, it makes it tough to look beyond 
Barca's number six, even though I deeply respect Modric. So let me help you here. Let me help you out. There is only one answer in terms of who's a better player between Xavi and Modric, and it's Modric, and I'll tell you why. Um, I'm a big respecter of players that are able to carry a team on their back if they so choose. There is literally nothing that indicates that Xavi could just decide to, on, a, on a dime, I'm taking over. I'm, ma- I'm, I'm making this happen. A, I agree. Messi was there, so maybe you don't need to. But even, when he, even pre-Messi, when he was on that team, right? I get it. Ronaldinho was there as well. But Modric could do that with a Cristiano, could do that with a Benzema, could do that, whatever, playing from deep, play those balls over. Let's also look at Croatia and how they got to World Cup final on that man's back. Obviously, they've got good, other good players, but it was predominantly on this man's back that they did do this. And considering he's basically an, a, a grand, grandfather at this point playing this game, I look at players like that and go, could he have gone to Barcelona and Barcelona have done what they did? Probably. Mm-hmm. But what he's doing at Real Madrid now, I can never see Xavi doing that. So to me, Inia- uh, what did I say, Iniesta? How did I get to Iniesta from here? <laughs> to me, uh, like Modric is simply the better player because of that. But I'm, I have a bit of a bias for players like Zidane, for Modric, who can literally just take over games if they want to. That's, that's, my, fl- that's my flavor of player. So... Mm-hmm. I mean, I also, maybe as you were talking there, the thing I was thinking through is, I feel as though Modric has had the higher ceilings and Xavi's, Xavi's floor has been higher. Like, I think the consistency in Xavi, not that Modric, Modric it's not like he, he has like, you know, 10 strings of games where he's, he does nothing, but I think he has higher highs, carrying teams, like World Cup, like you said, um, but man, there's just some every time I watch Xavi, that guy like I've seen Modric have like, you know, okay games, somewhat poor games. Mm. Maybe it's because I was younger, like I I can think of like maybe a couple of games, Xavi, like not performing to that level, but man, he's just a metronome. Like mm. that's the thing with him though, that's tough, is like sometimes I th- I feel it's it's tough to judge those guys that are just consistently Seven eight seven eight seven eight seven eight. Um, it, I get what you're is, saying, man. It it is tough, and and ultimately we're talking about two of the the greatest the greatest to ever do it. The the way I feel about it is like, Xavi to me is like, uh, an implement a kitchen implement that does one thing, and it's like the best thing that you can buy to do that job. Whereas Modric is like a really, really elite thing that, that can do everything. I, don't, I clearly don't know enough kitchen gadgets. He's a, to make he's this a kitchen aid mixer. <laughs> sure. Yeah. He makes like the best smoothies. Yeah. Like... He's an he's a Instapot. <laughs> uh, those are your words, not mine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, ju- I just think he's a bit more versatile. Like not to be all Premier League about it, but I think you could put Modric into Aston Villa's midfield right now and he'd be really good and useful whereas i think javi would just be like ideologically opposed to taking any part in it Do you know what i mean like i just think he's uh he's got more strings to the bow even though they're both amazing um but we do have a question about benzema in a similar vein um chev chilios says or at toriaki on twitter says is benzema top 20 striker all time i know my answer what's yours uh I will just go right ahead and say, yeah. Yes. Yes. And yes, again, I don't, I don't think that's hard. Um, I mean, again, when we go all time, let's, if, if we were to do this exercise, I would say, let's limit this to people that we watched. Right. Like, because I'm not going to yeah. talk about like, I don't know, good, good Muller. Like <laughs> we, 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 we can leave that one alone. But of the players that, that that we've watched in our lifetime, I think that's pretty easy. And I and I would say, and this might be a little bit controversial. He of the players that we've seen, and I'm not including Cristiano or Messi as strikers. I I still see them predominantly as forwards, so to say, like off the wing. 
as a, as strikers, to me, Benzema is of the players that we've watched, not number two, not number three. He's number one. Wow. Yeah. Roy, how you feel? That's a big call. That's a big call. I guess we're thinking over the course of their careers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, top 20, yes. I think there's some, there's some like Luis Suarez years that make me sort of go, ooh. I think we're so, that guy was, that guy was up there. Like he did some stuff that, Really annoyed me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I get what you're saying. I need to th- have a think. Top 20 for sure. Number I, one, I, undecided. But that's fair. I, I, I'll provide a little bit more context, which is that all-time goal scorers in the Champions League, Ronaldo and Messi are top two, obviously, but if you don't want to count those, the next two are Lewandowski and Benzema. Like, he's... He's the fourth highest goal scorer in the Champions League. And if you only want to talk about strikers, he's second. So I know the Champions League isn't everything, but his goal record domestically is also fantastic. Um, His assist record is also fantastic. Uh, His haircut hasn't changed once in the 20 years we've been watching him. That's impressive. His drip is untouchable. Like this guy pretty much is like the one minute Twitter, Twitter, Insta video drip king. (laughs) <laughs> um, so that has to be rated. I definitely rate him above Lewandowski. He invented definitely. that drip, that drip cut. You know those videos that everyone like. He did that. Like, <laughs> oh, like, oh, yeah. remember Saliba did that video and then never played for Arsenal. That was <laughs> like that was inspired by Benzema. So I, I, I will say, uh, like, a lot of people will tell you, like, a lot of people tell you that R nine is the best track I've ever seen. Right? That's what a lot of people will see. I always put Champions League as a more difficult thing to win than the World Cup for different reasons. I get it every four years, but I always put that as the best players all the time, playing all the time. You don't have to beat, unfortunately, like uh, eh, Qatar (laughs) or or like a North Korea or something to get there. So I get it. I get it. But also, damn it, Benzema is just like, (laughs) come on. And plus, Ronaldo's not there, and he's still doing this. Remember when Ronaldo was carrying Benzema? Like, nah, yeah. um, nah. It's uh, that, that, that's my guy. That's my guy. Yep, yep. I think so. Um, back to the to the game for a second. Um, I thought I thought Tuchel going with Ruben Loftus Cheek in the Champions League quarterfinal was was a decision. Um, I also thought Mason Mount's haircut a decision. It it looked like he did it himself. I'm very confused. Uh, Mohanan made a great point, which is that money is tight at Chelsea, but like, <laughs> come on. You know what else was a decision? Um, in isolation, taking off Werner for Pulisic is a good decision. In this instance, <laughs> in this instance, considering the, the chances that that man missed at the end, it's, uh, it's, uh, that's not a good decision. <laughs> Werner's like, I'm in the goal-scoring form of my life, and you still take me off. <laughs> yeah, that was harsh. That was harsh. Um, okay. Seriously though, like, what's Ruben Loftus Cheek doing? There? I know, I know, he he sort of accidentally had a hand in the first goal, but like, why is he there? Maybe he thought that uh, they could polarize Modric and Cruz with this someone who's infinitely better looking than them, or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Modric is like I'm used to this. I don't care. <laughs> no, it was it's it's weird seeing him in the team because he's that he's that guy who you think was gonna take the leap, you know, three years ago, something like that. It's just never. He seems to have this ceiling that just he can't eclipse. So every time I see him in the lineup, I'm like, man, I feel like Chelsea have better options than this, surely. Um, but hey. Maybe that was the the Tuchel uh, Pep DM moment, but it's a good point. Yeah. yeah, I mean, imagine like just watching Conor Gallagher highlights 
every weekend and then going to the training pitch and watching Ruben Loftus cheek. It just, just must be infuriating. Like, why did we let him go? Anyway, um, before before we move on from this, very quickly, um, Rahul says, agenda-driven Real Madrid question. Modric at 36 is one of the world's best in his position, as we just discussed, um, and Benzema, Benzema at 34, while Isco, Hazard, Bale peak in their mid peaked in their mid-20s. When will we officially shed long-standing assumptions about when players peak and decline? Uh, Bernie, any thoughts on this? I think some players are just that good. I, I don't think we need to shed the idea of when players peak and decline. I think we just need to understand that certain players are just special, and they can play until they, you know, Zidane could have decided to keep playing, in my opinion. I think he just got bored. You know, I think I think there are certain guys that that can do it, but most are going to peak at around thirty. It's just I don't think the numbers will will lie about that. Um, but also, it maybe I think also could if you look at when these guys started playing and how much they were playing at a certain age. You know, a lot of the English guys who get in at eighteen, they peak at thirty because they just they have the same mileage as like a thirty three, thirty four year old. Um, I don't think it's the same in other countries. We, look, we saw Rooney. Rooney was playing 60 games a season at 17, you know, and then he couldn't he couldn't do it again. Look at Seth Fabregas, exactly the same thing, right? So I think mileage also bears a factor in it, um, but uh, they are special players, so at the same time. Yeah, like, you know, uh, Ali Katamal playing at 36 at his level is just not going to be admired <laughs> like uh, <laughs> Like Modric, right? Like there is something in there as well about just like the supreme quality and the ability to keep it going that long is is very special. I mean, there's also, you know, factors like fitness and you know, if you're not getting knocks every every six months, like big knocks, all these guys get knocks all the time, but like big knocks every six months and sidelining you and like you're having to do major body repair over and over and over, like that's a huge deal, right? Um, but yeah, like, you know, I, I struggle to fully get on board with like everyone sort of like playing better later into their career as I look at players like Lacazette. Um, so yeah, like TBD, some players are going to do it, yeah. but it's, it, it feels really special for a player like Modric who's operated at that level for so long like i think that is a bit of an anomaly right like we yeah. never used to see that as much um so you know, props to him he has the luck he has a skill and you know, obviously takes care of himself I, yeah i think that's fair i i also think we have to acknowledge that we don't see what happens in between games so like modric might not leave the ice bath <laughs> for a week like maybe he just freezes himself you know ronaldo does he's got like the cryogenic chamber at home yeah you know, doesn't eat anything that isn't plain chicken. Like, there are just choices you can make. And and maybe Lacazette wants to go Nando's, you know? Maybe that's I, important. I, I think if Ronaldo ate chicken once in a while, he'd be less annoyed and wouldn't assault a child. <laughs> allegedly. <clears throat> just going to chuck an allegedly in there. Let, um, is it? <laughs> well, is it video? Didn't man apologize? Didn't he apologize for this? <laughs> I mean, we we know that that's not always enough, you know. <laughs> um, so I will also man. say oh. it occurred to me when you were talking about Rooney is that in the um, recent Rooney documentary he admitted to like binge drinking during his career, and I was like, oh yeah, that that. <laughs> That makes sense. Um, but speaking also, of 36... Wayne, sorry, we oh. know. <laughs> like, we saw it. Yeah. 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 Um, speaking of uh, 36, 37-year-olds, um, Fernandinho today, was, was it today? Was yesterday or today? He, he was like asked during a, a press conference whether he was going to be at City next year, and he said no because he wants to play and he's going to go back to Brazil, and he's spoken to him about his family. And apparently this is a complete ambush, and Pep, <laughs> Pep didn't know. Um, and so Pep went on to praise him, but he also said, there are things nobody knows, but I know exactly what he's done. And he meant it in a like positive, he's helped around the dressing room sort of way, but it sounded very ominous, like, he better <laughs> toe the line, or, or I'm going to spill the dirt, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, City uh, play Atletico tomorrow. Um, it, 
Roy, do you think Atleti can turn this over? It would involve them trying to take a shot, which is... You know, I'm so... you. I, I'm picturing the Atleti-Liverpool tie where, you know, Atleti come over and work their magic. Um, so, one, it's going to be weird at their home. Um, I guess it depends if Pep plays a DM, if he decides to do something crazy, if he... You know, I, I sense that Pep is is just gonna go over there and and just get down to business because they have and they have so much quality. It's a bit of a weird season for them, but they just still have so much quality. Um, yeah, I don't. <sighs> gonna eat eat my words here. I don't see Simeone doing it. Um, yeah, I yeah. Agree. Pep, Pep, Pep is mature enough to follow the final, not the quarters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Agree. I mean, Pep did fall in the in the um quarters to Leon because he decided to play three at the back for no reason whatsoever. Um, so don't don't put it past this man. Like he, he'll figure out a way to to overthink this and put Ederson in, in as a center back or something. Trust me. After that calmness that he's shown, he might feel his his time has come. But. I, if I'm being serious, I do think City win this, and I think it's not as complicated. And maybe this is this is a death knell. It's not as complicated as as Pep might make it seem, because Atleti are going to want to take the ball and encounter you, because that's the only way to beat City. We all know this. We've seen it time and time again. Like <clears throat> the blueprints is out there. Counter and move. But if City don't play a high line, you can't counter them. They're already one nil up, right? Like in this tie. You don't need to attack like a crazy person. Just do not play a high line. Do not play... The second thing is do not play Nathan Ake. So don't play high line. Don't play Nathan Ake. And move the ball around. And there's no space for him to counter you. You will be okay. Like, I'm sorry. I, I do not believe that uh, Joao Felix wing back is going to be the reason why they penetrate this team. Like, I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I don't see it. This is, this is really interesting. What it sounds to me like you're suggesting is a low block but with the ball so just yes. like sit in your own <laughs> area and pop it about yes and that's a tactical innovation that i that i am taking credit for yes uh, we're gonna need to get our boy cam to try this out in malawi Man, that that's somewhat i mean that's wild enough that it just might work like <laughs> Imagining Suarez chasing around like, oh for God's sake! It's it's like if Jose and Van Hal, oh my, they this is probably what they should have done all those years ago when they worked together. Like shit, like we'll park the bus yeah. and we'll have the ball at the it's same time. It's, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. Um, yeah, I, I think they'll do it. Uh, Liverpool three one up against Benfica, barring um, flavor of flavor of the month uh darwin nunez scoring a, a hat trick uh unopposed i feel like this is done and dusted no yeah yeah i'm i'm very jealous of liverpool luis diaz and like these players just strolling in and just getting into the system scoring goals um yeah they'll win Fair enough. All right. I think that will do it for the Champions League. Uh, we will move on now to the Premier League, where uh, we do have some new manager news. Uh, Eric Ten Hag is in the bag. Bernie, how do we feel about it? Um, in a while, I'm going to unfortunately be excited. And I say unfortunately because uh, it's one of those, oh, shit, here we go again moments where I get excited <laughs> about a new season, a new beginning, and I get let down. So I'm putting it out there. I will be excited. I'm not right now because I'm emotionally protecting myself. I will let go. I will get excited. Um, that said, I've said this on the pod multiple times, I want Man United to go unorthodox and try different things. And this is a different thing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think, it's, I think ultimately it's the right appointment. And we'll see the players that they bring in and, and what happens. You never get to call me a hipster again. Uh, Roy... <laughs> <laughs> do you think um okay so a do you think this is a good appointment and b the broader context is like this is clearly a manager that you need to give resources and time to 
will United do that? And structure, mm. right? This is the... So actually, I was doing some reflection on when the news dropped that... Um, what's his face? Um, how am I forgetting the current United manager? What's going on in my brain? Ralph. 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 Ralph Ragnick. What's going on in my brain? All right. And, <laughs> and by the way, this is how the United players feel. <laughs> so I'm reflecting on like, man, when I saw that news drop on Twitter, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be bad. Like this guy has built up teams. He's a good coach. Gets the most. And, and then I realized, okay, like, you know, this guy is ultimately someone who is very good at building systems, right? Like, he's very good at having control and just, like, putting his own handprint on imprinting all of his principles on a team, right? Which, as an interim, is very tough to do. Like, essentially, as an interim, you want, like, a like a goose hitting. Just come in here and just, like, you know, make sure we play decent football and yeah. move on. We'll get your paycheck. Um, so Ten Hag really like the Ajax team really like what they've done over the years the thing I'm talking myself into is that Man United is enough of a mess in the back that it's going to be a challenge for him to really pull it together from the standpoint of like maximizing what he, like at Ajax, you could say this guy is maximizing the potential of that team. How smooth is it going to be for him to maximize the potential of the team at United? I still think you look at what's going on with Ralph. You know, I don't know enough about all the things going on in the back office, but you know, I, <laughs> I always come back to if my technical director is on the sideline, I'm I'm not quite sure if the job description is correct. Um, so this is my, my sort of, yeah, he's going to be good. I'm not quite sure if he's going to be the guy, but mm -hmm. then again, I don't know if United, ex do United fans expect they're going to win a title under Ten Hag? I don't no. know. Bernie, question. Yeah. Maybe. So maybe no. that's, maybe that's it. I think, I think it's, and well, let me put it this way. United fans on Twitter expect everyone to win the league. Mm. Um, but the the reality should be that we just like this team. And I've said this for mm. years on the Solskjaer, I liked the team. I, I liked what they did when they finished third and second, but I just liked the team. I liked everything about the idea, what they were trying to implement. You know, with the younger players who cared and rah, rah, rah. It made sense for a bit, and then they did stupid things <laughs> in this summer. And this summer should guide exactly what they do with Ten Hag, which is stick to a plan and don't try and get ahead of said plan. You know, everything made sense and you bring in Ronaldo. How does that make any sense? Now you've laden this new manager with a decision on trying to figure out what to do with Ronaldo with a plan that never made any sense when you did it. Like, Varane, as much as people liked him, I, I went and found a group chat message where I said he's been on the decline. This is a bit of a show signing. It makes no sense. It's like, no, if you're going to get a Ten Hag, you have to give him pieces that match what he wants. Then I remembered that Ten Hag has made a lot of weird pieces fit. But he's made weird pieces fit where the players don't have ego and he can tell them what to do and they'll do it. Tadic, for example. Tadic plays exactly the same way Bruno Fernandes plays. Like, Tadic at Ajax. It's hero ball, throw it around, we get stats and, and we love it. And I love that. If you look at Daily Blind, has a heart issue and is still playing left back mm -hmm. which is not even his primary position he's still doing it there you look at all the Antonies and all these guys are just all over the place and and they just do random things there's a lot of similarities to the united team where he, he if he gets a better striker than ronaldo he'll make rashford sancho and whoever work with bruno in behind doing the tadich role if he gets a dm that will all fit like there's not too much change that he has to do but he has to be given the time to make that work the way that he did at Ajax and make it work. That's fair. Um, I think there there are two positives that we're overlooking. One is that, like, given how long he worked with Overmars, he should be able to work with Ronaldo. He's got experience with 
Um, <laughs> we're going. We're, we're going there. <laughs> That's all I'll say. <laughs> and the the, <laughs> the other is that this is a massive day for Donny Van der Beek. A massive day, Ooh. right? Like this is this is monumental. Pogba's leaving. A gap's opening up. The manager, the manager for him, is coming back into Man United. If this doesn't do it. Back to Everton permanently. Yeah, if that guy is sitting on the bench the first match, <laughs> I would. I'll be too much, man. Too much. Oh man, nothing would make me happier. I'm telling you right now. No, I, like listen. I said this to someone. The only way to make Van de Beek work is Ten Hag. And listen. <laughs> As much as I've enjoyed proving people wrong about Van de Beek and being right about him, it's very important that we make this work because Pogba's leaving, and I don't believe that this football club is going to do the right thing and sign, say, a Tillemans to fill a spot. We're stuck with this guy, and we have to make this guy work. And if you're going to make it work, you sign Ten Hag. Pochino would have thrown this man away. <laughs> there's no there's no difference in how Parcino sees the game and say like in my opinion Ralph and um and Ole they want physical guys who can run around and like kick the ball and kick people that's 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 what Sissoko played for so many years like (laughs) under this man Van der Beek would be dead so thank goodness in a sense Ten Hag is here because Donnie's gonna play football and we'll really all know. It, it will be done. Like the, the, it will be confirmed one way yeah. or the other. Yeah. Tenar comes oh, in. I think he does is like reduce the size of the pitch just just to help Donny. Sorry, Roy. Go on. What What do you think? So let's let's do let's do this. Let's do over under. Um, Nineteen. No, let's do twenty two months. Are you taking? Are you taking the over? Or taking the under? Wait, that he lasts twenty two months? Yes. I Over. think can, can I take the twenty two months on the nose? That sounds like <laughs> exactly right. Um but if pressed, yeah, over. I, I just like part of it is that I don't know who else Man United are gonna appoint. There, there just really aren't that many candidates out there. I think they'll I think they'll stick with this. I think there's been too much change for the for the United board. On, on the point that Roy raised earlier about structure, there is a structure that is finally there. That, you know, with the technical director and Darren and sporting director, they're now looking for a, a deputy football director who they want to be a seasoned person. There's Ralph. There's enough people there that making dumb decisions should not happen anymore. <laughs> like, but then I, then I say that and Ralph... Uh, John Murtaugh and Darren Fletcher were there when Ronaldo was signed. So uh, maybe I'm putting a lot of hopes in his consultancy of Ralph. I don't know. But in theory, the structure is there. And Eric has worked under that structure. We're on first name terms now. Um, That this should make sense. It it just should. Fair enough. Well, we we shall see. Um, Of course, if Everton stay up, they they have a better chance of, of signing... Um, uh, Van der Beek or Deli Ali, and United helped them do that by losing to them one 0 on the weekend. Absolutely unforgivable. Um, if there was any moment to liquidate the whole club, that was it. Um, We've confirmed two... Lampard status in the Premier League, and I'm I for one am <laughs> sick. I am yeah. sick. Shame, shame upon you, yeah. United. Shame upon you. Yeah. Um, City two, Liverpool two. It was it was billed as the title decider. I didn't think so, really given how many games are left and, and the teams that these teams have to play. But it was a pretty epic game. Roy, did you see this? Yeah, it was it was interesting. I, kinda like, I got sort of caught up in the whole biggest rivalry thing that was going around. Yeah. Mm. I think the best two teams um, that I've seen playing each other um, in terms of the quality of the football, the amount of points they get. The game itself, yeah, I mean, sort of lived up to general... City Liverpool type games. Um, I mean, the my moment of that I remember the most is and still this whole VVD like Virgil gets too much respect. Like, I understand that the guy is a good defender, but surely professional footballers can we <laughs> not just try and 
take on this this dude and make him look silly. Like, there's no way he's this big a Superman. Um, so he's in he's in their heads. He is in their heads. You can see it as he as he like comes towards them. Yeah, but to Roy's point, let's be serious here. Like. He, a lot of people do get past him. We just don't care because it's Van Dyke. Raheem Sterling has not gotten past a good defender in years. It just it just has not <laughs> happened. It has not happened. So, I mean, Juan Bissaka puts him in his pocket all the time. There, there, there is priors to this. I understand that whenever he's going one-on-one with someone who's a half-decent defender, he's not getting past him. So, like, Van Dyke just shoving him aside or whatever he did in this game, or shepherding him away, is nothing interesting to me because I don't see this man getting past people. I see him, you know, pass and move and getting into space and scoring goals. But dribbling? Dribbling? No, I'm sorry. No. Like, let's, let's, let's calm down. Let's calm down. He could at least try. Like, that's all I'm asking you. <laughs> try. Do a skill move. Try. Yeah. A man needs to know his limitations. Come on. <laughs> Like as a, if you're going to get tackled anyway, you might as well get tackled doing doing some sort of flip flap or whatever. Um, <laughs> other games: uh, Arsenal one, Brighton two. Uh, Roy second Arsenal loss in a row. Um, uh, our own Mohamed was very depressed by this. Um, I was a bit more circumspect. I, I just think like they've been overperforming. I'm not surprised. I expected a dip at some point. Yeah. Um, is all progress lost, or or is this kind of where you expected Arsenal to be? No, like when you lose, like Partey holds that team together. Um, like Gazette has refused to score goals, um, <laughs> so you know you, you put the weight on these kids. There's going to be games you just don't things don't go our way. Um, so we need to put Shaka back in the midfield, put Tavares on on the left, and just try and make it work in the early season double pivot. But I'm not losing it. Like, there's still a good chance to make top four. Just need to get back to basics. This is where Arteta is too close to Pep with his whole, like, finicky, mm. I'm going to put Shaka left back, and then I'm going to have this cool... Dude, just put Shaka in the midfield. He's a midfielder. Put mm. the left back at left back. Um, If, like, worst case, I don't know, like, throw... Throw holding at center back, put Ben White on the right, put Cedric on the left. Like, put yeah. the people in the positions they play, right? Um, so, yeah, it's all right. That's actually a good shout. I like that. Uh, Bernie, any, any banter you need to throw at Arsenal, or are you good? <clears throat> you know that gif on, like, of like the Crips and the Bloods with the flags, like, put together? Like, you know, <laughs> you know peace. I'm not going to banter you because I think we just need to all bask in the fact that both our teams are totally trash. And, <laughs> you know, if, if, if anything, we had to come back down to your level in order for us to achieve peace. And I'm okay with that because peace shall reign. I will say this, though. It's good that we can make peace now, that there's this no longer that rivalry that has to exist. because. That talk of best rivalry pissed me off and made me want to go back to the old days. Then I realized I probably should stop talking about that because I'll just be called a, you know, nostalgia merchant. So, yeah. yeah. An angry old man. But that Liverpool City thing is not a rivalry. I don't want to ever hear that word thrown out again in that it's not. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's way not. too friendly. Yeah. It's not. Um, fair. Well, in with Arsenal's two losses, the team that uh, looks on paper at least to be favourite for the top four, for the fourth spot, Spurs, got battered by Villa in the first half and then absolutely battered Villa in the second half. Um, Lloris with some unbelievable saves. What what I quite liked about this was that Gerard and Villa like went out to hurt people in this game. Like Mings was out there. To, to break ankles. McGinn was out there to break ankles. Matty Cash literally broke Matt Doherty. Um like they, they were out for blood and and it and they still lost four 0 And I particularly enjoyed that. Especially after remember was it a couple of weeks ago when Saka was like, I need more protection because Villa yeah. were roughing him up as well. And Gerard was like, Yeah, well I've got sixteen pins in my leg. I can't walk or go to the gym. Maybe he just needs to toughen up and like maybe maybe we don't need to abuse players like this. Um 
So yeah, this was this was kind of satisfying for me in that respect. You know, Gerard has this thing of like, oh, like I'm an interesting manager. I was at Rangers and now I'm at Villa. But like, I look at him and all I think about, you know, you know the game where he uh, he was subbed on against United and got sent off within like 12 seconds. Yes. That's like his manage. That's his approach to managing is just <laughs> yeah, just just like go out there and throw some legs around. Like it happens often enough that I'm, you know, this guy. There's a bit more hype than there needs to be. Him and Lampard are just, they are, this, they are the same person. It turns out. If I speak, if <laughs> I speak, oh my God. There were certain people that were trying to convince us that these guys were amazing and the next thing, you know, after Jesus Christ. And I'm sorry, just because you saunter around and walk, I don't give a damn. Like, yes, I appreciate the job you did at Rangers. It was great. You broke this monopoly of Celtic, whatever. But this is England, baby. Like, we don't fuck around here. This is is not for you. I'm sorry. It's not for you. It's not for your boy Lamps. I'm sorry. It's not. Like, Patrick Vieira is is the legend of the day who can do something. And that's about it. That's literally about it. Accept it. Have they played each other yet? Have Vieira and Lampard, uh, sorry, Vieira and Gerard played each other? I don't recall it, but but Palace Villa, like I I look forward to that when that happens. That's going to be great. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I I also think Gerard, he's what forty, forty one, something like that. Still wearing hair gel. I, it's, it strikes me as strange. <laughs> it's I don't know. I'm uncomfortable. Um. <laughs> The, the, Bernie, I know you've got to go. So the last thing I want to touch on, um, Brentford to West Ham. Nil, West Ham just like can't do the Europa League this far in the Europa League and the Premier League at the same time. I think we called that a long time ago. Um, but lastly, Leicester 2, Crystal Palace 1. Um, remind me what you said Dewsbury Hall sounds like. He sounds like the name of a, of a, of a manor in the English countryside, something that you might see in like Downton Abbey or something. <laughs> It's, it's so true. But do I actually thought about this? Do we? I wonder if we think he's he's good. Do we think he's better than he is because of that? Because of that name, you know. It's a very good question. Like every time his name is said, it's like, oh, Dewsbury Hall. Dewsbury Hall. Dewsbury Hall. Oh, he must be amazing. Oh, Dewsbury Hall. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still Order. I actually think it, it, it like, and by the way, I haven't watched enough of Dewsbury Hall uh, because I just literally were playing him. I'm like, who the hell is this Dewsbury Hall guy? Like, Lester have gone under my radar because I've just not cared now that my Brennan agenda is one. But Dewsbury Hall, Alex, don't, don't try me. I want it. <laughs> we, we will return to this. <laughs> From what tenth position? Get out of here! Uh, but, but, I think he's he might end his career underrated because his name is Dewsbury Hall. I mean, that is we've now had. Is he overrated? Is he underrated? I mean, what what cracks me up about him is like he came through the academy, but also didn't break into the first team till what like twenty two, twenty three. So like there was a gap there where clearly no one thought he was any good, and then all of a sudden, Dewsbury Hall. I don't know. It's, well, well here, here, here's my point. How do you rate Ward Prowse? Uh, what's what? Am, uh, like, do you think he's? I think he's underrated because his name is Ward Prowse. Like, it just <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Ward Prowse is underrated because of the way he looks. Like mm. that guy is so tiny, and has this this perfect like British kid face. People can't take him seriously, man. That's a good point. I think like that's why he developed the free kick. Right, because like no, he needed a thing. He needed a I, thing, I, otherwise I, I can no one it. would have paid attention to him. I think Jewsbury Hall has a thing because he's got his name. Um, like Trent, so was dangerously. Fine. If Trent didn't like, I'm starting to notice something about people with like very. Uh, I'm gonna call them upscale names, for lack of a better term. <laughs> uh, like Trent Alexander Arnold would have been very underrated if that man didn't just start swinging like. For the fences, like with with his passing, 
Like he 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 was there was a point in his career where man was, was finished and then decided to develop a right foot and then now we don't care that his name is Trent Alexander Arnold. In isolation, that name <laughs> should not be associated with an elite football player. I'm just saying. I like I like how what this really is is a discussion of whether women retaining their own name is having an effect on the <laughs> reputation of, of male footballers like that. <laughs> Well, that's where we're at. S- since we're going there, uh, Oxley mm. Chamberlain, <laughs> Maitland Niles, oh. yeah, no, but but his, his, yeah. his mom was crazy. Like we don't know about the rest. Like that's his mom true. was particularly crazy. That's, that's true. true. Um, that that feels like an appropriate <laughs> appropriate spot to end it. Uh, Roy, it's been an absolute pleasure having you back. Thank you very much, man. Hey, it was fun. Thanks so much. No worries, Bernie. Talk to you again next week. Always. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com. Thank you.